time for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. So wake me up and Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour 708 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the program. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. I am, of course, Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. I'm your host on this excursion into the news, sometimes into broadcast excellence. That's what we strive for, this little adventure we call Saturday Morning Coffee. Welcome to the show at Saturday Morning Coffee. We invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the things that we think you need to know here at Saturday Morning Coffee. As you guys already know, we're all about lower taxes, limited limited government, and all the things that mean more freedom for you, more freedom for me, more freedom for all of us who are we the people. It means something, folks. We the people. People put a bumper sticker on the back of their car, and they sometimes forget that when the words of the Constitution begin, we the people, it means something. The government is for you, of you, and by you. And it's your government. And we have a job to do, folks. we got to save it. And the first step is knowing, being informed. Knowledge is power. That's why we're here every Saturday morning sharing with you the things that we do, trying to make you a more informed voting populace. Got a lot going on on the show uh, today, so hope you'll stick with us. Um, joined here in the studio, as always, by producer extraordinaire, Dr. Glenn Dye. Dr. Dye, how you doing this morning? Great. You had a jam-packed show today. I know. We're, we, yeah. we're, we're cramming it in. Yeah. And uh, beautiful Saturday morning. Good uh, good day to be. What, what's Steve, your man. coffee of the day? Oh, I'm back to Pete's, man. Back to Pete's? Yeah, Pete's. Hey, I've got some coffee for you. Okay. You, do you like a... What's your, you're a darker roast Yeah, guy. I'm a darker roast. Okay, I brought you a bag of coffee. We've been talking to uh, our friends over at One Nation Coffee. I don't know if you guys know about One Nation Coffee, but we're going to have some discussions with them. They might be coming on board as a sponsor for Saturday Morning Coffee. But right now, this morning, I'm drinking a little of uh, JB's Buckshot Blend from right. One Nation Coffee. Really good stuff. It's a little it's a little on the dark side, but it's a, it's a medium dark roast. But One Nation Coffee is uh, brewed right here, is roasted right here in South Carolina, uh, Glenn. And the great thing about One Nation Coffee is they have a an affiliate arm, which is the One Nation Foundation. And the One Nation Foundation is a 501c3. It's a tax-deductible or, or tax-exempt uh, charitable organization. It exists uh, to foster assistance, financial assistance, and other needs serving uh, volunteers, first responders, veterans, people who are uh, uh, suffering you know, financial distress, other things that, uh, that, that they need help with. So it's, uh, you can find more about them. So I want to give them a shout-out. Uh, they've sent us some coffee. We're actually going to give some coffee away during the show uh, today. So if you guys will be listening, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll let you know when that's going to happen. So One Nation sent us some coffee. We're uh, drinking it this morning. We're going to be giving right. some away. And they may be coming on board as a sponsor. One way that you guys can help us 
is uh, go to onenationcoffee.com, order some of their fine coffee, and in the comments section on the website, let them know that you heard about us, uh, heard about them on Saturday Morning Coffee. Buy plenty of it. If you guys buy a lot of coffee, I'm sure they'll be coming on Saturday Morning Coffee as a sponsor, but they're going to come on the show one day and talk about uh, One Nation Foundation and their coffee, so we'll be drinking a little more of their coffee in the studio. They're going to be joining us at some point, but if you want to find out more, again, it's onenationcoffee.com, and you can find more on uh, One Nation Foundation by going to onenation-foundation.org. But they're doing some great stuff. I've had uh, a few conversations with them. They're doing some great work. Do they have a brick and mortar here in Myrtle Beach? They do not have a brick and mortar. Okay. Most of their um, uh, coffee is uh, online, sold okay. online, direct to consumer. Okay. So order it through the website. comes in the mail. They send you a little box. Uh, they, they send us a box of coffee to sample. And so we're looking forward to uh, working with them, getting them on the show. Well, I like that business model because, uh, you know, the, the cost of having a brick and mortar is quite expensive. And, you know, I have a business and I don't have a brick and mortar. Yeah, so it's and a I will tell you, idea. I don't know. I we got we got about uh, six bags in the first sample. I don't know about the other uh, blends, uh, Glenn, but the JB's Buckshot Shock Blend is uh, excellent. Very Great. good, nice, smooth, uh, an arabica bean, and it's uh, it's excellent. Very All good. Right. So yeah, we do have a jam packed uh, show this morning, Glenn. We've got a lot going on. We're going to be talking in a bit with. Uh, um, uh, who are we talking with in a bit? Where's my, where's my sheet? <laughs> Dave Wilson looking, is on the phone already. I'm looking from at the wrong Palmetto sheet. I'm like, wait a minute, Council. this isn't right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not talking. Oh, yeah, here we go. All right, yeah, I'm talking to uh, Mark Lazarus this morning. Got Dave Wilson just in a few minutes. He's with Palmetto Family Council. Going to be telling us what's happening in the legislature and what's going on at PFC. Mark Lazarus, chairman for uh, candidate for chairman, O'Ree County Council. He's going to be joining us in the studio in a bit. We're also going to be talking to Barbara Arthur, candidate for uh, Congress, and we're going to be talking to Shannon Grady, candidate for O'Ree County Council. They're going to be joining us in the second hour. So, ton of stuff going on here on Saturday Morning Coffee this morning. Hope you guys will stick with us. We'll be right back. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Local news and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. Liz Callaway here for Conway Ford, your hometown dealership and winner of the 2021 Ford President's Award. To earn the President's Award, dealerships must exceed customer expectations in every department. And that's exactly what we do at Conway Ford. Whether you're buying a vehicle, getting one serviced, or just doing some window shopping, we want your experience to be a memorable one. Our buying experience is better than our competitors. We guarantee it. For the best buying experience, take the short drive to Conway Ford and let us exceed your expectations. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. In a cave below the ground, way down, it's cold and it's dark. But a nose his way around And the mazes of the underground Are no match for him But it looks just like a traveler Who hasn't showered in a while And been living in the ground Milo is your best friend 
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Here on the uh, dangling assault mic here in the WTKN studios, 718 on your Saturday morning. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. Enjoying some fine One Nation coffee here this morning in the uh, studio uh, here on Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm enjoying some fine JB's Buckshot blend. Just gave... uh, Glenn, a bag of the mother of all blends. Yeah. Look, looks pretty good. The, the origin is top secret. Top secret. Mm-hmm. But but roasted right here in South Carolina. Exactly. Roasted yeah. in the upstate. They're it's a good-looking the, package, yeah, too. Yeah, it's good stuff. So Thank you. Let me know what you think about that, Glenn. And we'll be, uh, like I said, we'll be enjoying uh, One Nation coffee here on the show for the next couple of weeks. Yep. Got plenty of it. And we're going to be giving some to y'all. So important, if you want more of it, to uh, go online, check out One Nation coffee, and check out One Nation, uh, the, the foundation also, which is uh, for the benefit of first responders and veterans. So it's great stuff. Good thing to be a part of. A lot going on here on Saturday Morning Coffee. As I mentioned, our first guest is a good friend. He is the uh, president of the Palmetto Family Council, which is an organization that I am well acquainted with. I've been on the board for Palmetto Family uh, for many years. Joins us here on the line from our esteemed state capital, Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, Good morning, Dave Wilson. Thanks for joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Good morning, Reese Boyd. It's great to kick off a day. I mean, you, you've got a jam-packed hour and or two today, and I just I'm grateful for the chance to kind of help kick it off for you with the things that are going on here in Columbia. Well, there has been there has been so much going on lately, uh, David. I realized we um, I do a little stint on the uh, weekday drive, uh, the Friday morning show. We were talking about the election reform bill. I know that's not the focus of what you want to talk about today, but there has been so much happening. There's so much. Uh, information that's out there so you know it's it's really hard to stay abreast of everything because i know for instance with with regard to the election reform there was a huge push uh, to get that done at the end um and there were some senators that were playing politics with it i know you were shocked by that but now there's some discussion about exactly some of the provisions in the bill and how they're working and of course it's they're trying over at the election commissions they're trying to implement it all right here on the eve of the primary so it's just it's and some of the provisions are raising some questions now. But anyway, I'm digressing and taking away from your time. But that's not no, right. totally. I mean, well, and the reality is, Reese, when we got into this legislative session, there are a lot of things that were going to be going on. Election reform. We thought, OK, this is going to make a whole lot of sense. We're in an election year. This is going to be something that moves through. But you're right, Reese. The politics that went on with a few key members in the Senate. Ironically, the Senate Republicans yeah. pushing back and pushing hard. The Senate Majority Leader Shane Massey pushed back really hard, and uh, it was it was a place where everybody else was starting to come together. And you had to ask the question, you know, why is this not going through? You had senators like Senator Josh Kimball out of Spartanburg, who was working both sides of the aisle, working in both chambers, trying to bring consensus together, working with the governor and the speaker. And finally, finally, Reese, there at the very end, it got across the finish line, and Governor McMaster signed it into law just a couple of weeks ago. And that's an important thing for standardizing elections across South Carolina, because it was different from Horry County than it was in Spartanburg or Lexington County here where I live. Yeah. Now, have you have you looked closely at that bill, Dave? I'm going a little bit a a feel from what you and I talked about talking about, but have you looked at that bill? 
in several aspects of it, you know, going through fine tooth combing every single thing at the that was changed at the last minute. I have not looked at all of the details, yeah. but the big picture side of it is it's no longer allowing us to have drop boxes, which is an important thing. That's very especially important. Especially when you're yeah. looking at voter integrity. Um, what, it did open up early voting because we're already in the primary. The primary election season opened in South Carolina on May 31st. Uh, my, and it will close on Friday. Yeah. My understanding had always been that we've had early voting in South Carolina. We just called it in-person absentee voting. Uh, right. That's been on the books for years, as long as I could remember. And, and It has been. And, and, but you had to choose one of 17 different quote-unquote excuses yeah. for you to be able to do that. And now they're actually set it up so that you have a standardized way of doing it across every county. And the way that you could also have satellite offices, because, you know, there in Orie County, you could be in Myrtle Beach and, and need to go or be in Conway and have to go into Myrtle Beach or vice versa. And it doesn't always make for conducive ease of access so they actually can have satellite locations to have elections throughout the county for those early days leading up to the last friday before the election yeah i did not study the bill but from from what i did what time i did spend looking at the bill and talking to others it seemed as though on balance it did some very good things among other things i'm not sure you mentioned this it prohibited the expenditure of third-party funds on behalf of election administration. The, 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 the Zuckerbuck phenomena, I think it— I can't imagine there being any sort of problem, the sarcasm is dripping off of my chin, yeah. of any any company deciding to pour millions of dollars, especially into certain certain counties and certain areas yeah. of our state. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. What, could possibly what could possibly go, go wrong there? Yes, and because they 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 very rarely ever tend to go to a red colored county uh, to to help out, to, and there's a there's got to be a reason why. So I just can't figure that one out, Dave. I know I know there are other things on your mind. I didn't mean to take too much of your time on that. What no, else? Listen, what else is Palmetto family been working on the in the legislative assembly? Yeah, you know, the the beauty of this year, Reese, and this is one of those God things. You just got to sit back and go, "Wow, this is just amazing." When we started out this year, we had eight particular items, and if you go to palmettofamily.org or download the Palmetto Family app there on your smartphone, you can see some of the major items that we focused on this year. We added in election reform. We added in uh, what needed to be done to bring some sort of tax relief. Reese, we were ten for ten this year on the things that we wanted to get done. When it came to stopping CRT, while it didn't happen in the in a bill, it happened within the budget, yeah. uh, protecting medical rights of conscience, and several other major key initiatives, uh, one of which is the Religion is Essential Bill, which the governor is signing on Monday, which basically says, you know what? The government cannot shut down your church or your place of worship in a case of an emergency, like what you saw in California, because please do not your California become my Carolina. Oh, amen. And and the governor signs that bill on Monday. He signs that bill on Monday up in Spartanburg County, uh, and and that is a that's a really great opportunity yep. for people to begin to realize. Hey, listen, it's the small things who go. Well, we didn't shut down here. That's right, and we're not going to be shutting down places of worship which are key to our communities, especially here in hmm. South Carolina. In case there's an in case of an emergency, again. what what happened in California? What has happened in California? And it's an ongoing issue, Dave. To me, in my way of thinking, 
was astonishing. We saw things happen in California. We saw churches being shuttered. We saw pastors being arrested. Things that I never thought you and I would live to see in this country. Unbelievable. No. Well, and, and it's very ironic because for, for those of you who don't know, recent I both worked separately with Governor Campbell. And recent, you, you may recall a day when Governor Campbell came back from Abbeville, South Carolina. He was hot. I mean, mad as all get out because he said, we took Bible out of schools, we took prayer out of schools, and we replaced it with this. And he slammed the book My Two Daddies down on his desk. Mm-hmm. He said, this is what we're putting in our yeah. classrooms. Keep in mind, that was Carol Campbell. That was 1991. We've now got Amendment Number 32 in the state budget, which is being negotiated right now, Reese. This is where you get real inside baseball, that basically will remove funding so they should not put in base what we would consider to be porn books in our school libraries in South Carolina. It's amazing to see the things that the LGBTQ plus agenda is trying to shove into our classrooms. And that is one of those major things. And if you want to know what's going on with that and really how to keep our conservative values nailed down, especially in the state budget this year, you know, sign up for our email list because we're going to be putting out a blast on Monday of what you need to be expecting yeah. and how you need to be in touch with members of the South Carolina Senate and House who are going to be working on the state budget I, in these last few days. I think people really need, I mean, people are waking up to this. People are getting woke, if I can use the term inversely. In a positive in way. In a positive yeah. way. But, you know, I read something this weekend. I'm gonna, we're going to do a show, and I'd, I'd love to have you maybe participate in that show, where we focus on some of the things try to do kind of a survey of all the things that are happening. But I ran across an interesting tidbit uh, this week in my stack, I call it. Uh, Dave, did you know in, in 2007, America had one pediatric gender clinic, one in the United mm-hmm. States of America. Today, in the United States of America, clinics uh, to address the uh, epidemic of gender dysphoria among our children, there are hundreds of these clinics across the fruited plain. So we've gone from one in 2007 to hundreds, hundreds, Dave. We don't even know exactly how many because there are too many of them. And, well, you, and have to ask, the you have to ask yourself, yeah. has, have our children suddenly become unable to reconcile the, the gender that they were given at birth? It, what? It, it is, it's, it's an amazing thing, Reese. This is another one of those places where, you know, to our friend Senator Kimball out of Spartanburg, he started coming through the budget and found uh, a place where MUSC's gender dysphoria clinic was getting state funding in your state budget. That's the part that's just amazing. These little things get slipped in there. And so that's the place where we have got to stand up and say, listen, we don't need to be pouring state dollars into that. They really probably need to be poured into our roads and our schools so that we actually are doing the simple things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. Because you're right. I mean, and Lee Atwater used to say this. You know, I don't. I, I get more out of going to the grocery store line and the checkout line at the hardware store than I ever do from polling. And he heard it over and over again. You don't hear the things about gender dysphoria from the average South Carolina family. It's those who are coming in from the outside and really trying to push a major agenda of wokeism that is it is trying its best to change the cultural um, the, the cultural angles of where we're trying to take America. And we've got to stand up and say, Mm-mm, not in my South Carolina. Yep. 
Uh, Dave, we got to take a quick break. Can you stick with us through the break and think about any parting comments you want to share with us? I think you oh, wanted absolutely. To, I think you wanted to talk about the opioid crisis and maybe one or one or two other points. But take a take a break with us if you would, and we'll be right back with more. Uh, Dave Wilson from Palmetto Family and more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. He's the captain of the football team. He's a quantum physicist. He's a molecular biologist. He's not in it for the money. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're talking today with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson Real Estate Team. Greg, a question that's on a lot of people's minds is what's going on with this real estate market? Is there a bubble? Do you see a crash coming or a rise in foreclosures? That's the question people want to know, Reese. Foreclosures, are they coming? Well, 82% of all the folks that were in forbearance coming into COVID are out of forbearance, meaning they've worked it out with their lender. The remaining 18% that haven't, they have massive equity in their home. So even if they can't make their payment, they're able to sell their property and still put money in their pocket. So no, we don't see a foreclosure crisis coming. But call me to talk about your situation. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team, EXP Realty at 843-251-2693 or reach them online at gregsisson.com. It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour 734 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the show, talking this morning to Dave Wilson. Dave is the president of the Palmetto Family Council, fighting for family values in Columbia, all across South Carolina, nationwide, really, but here in South Carolina in particular. And Dave, we were talking just before the break about many things happening in the in the General Assembly. I had a couple more questions for you and uh, sure. wanted to ask you any other legislative achievements this year that you wanted to highlight for folks? I mean, we, we, we ended up sa- doing, saving women's sports in South Carolina, which basically says that, you know, we're not going to have one of those situations like you saw earlier this year where you had a guy who said he's identifying as a girl who's competing and taking away both uh, athletic and academic opportunities from women. That bill got signed shortly after it passed right there at the end of session. And that is a huge step forward. Our partners with Alliance Defending Freedom and, and our One Message Coalition, which is all of our conservative groups coming together, really fought hard to get that done. And that was a major step forward. <clears throat> we also turned around and stopped the, uh, the hate crimes legislation, which would have taken sexual orientation and gender identity 
and made that part of the legal code of law in South Carolina. Uh, it was a really hidden agenda item, uh, but we, we saw a lot of great support there within the Senate to put the roadblocks up that needed to be there to actually stop that bill from moving forward. So that was a great, some great successes for us. And like I said before, you can learn more about the things that we're doing at palmettofamily.org. And a shameless plug for yeah. the Palmetto Family Matters podcast, because we put out twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays updates for people to be able to know what's going on. What are the issues? Why do they matter? What's the biblical worldview on these things? And what can you do about it? Because that's where engaging the population of South Carolina on the issues that matter, that's where we continue to make a difference, Reese. Yeah, and you're doing great work. Keep it up. And one of the things I wanted to say on the on the on the saving women's sports bill, Dave, is it's interesting to me how you know, you don't hear progressives talking about this openly because they've they've created a bit of a circular firing squad among progressive ranks. Because if you go back 50 years, progressives were pushing for Title VII and other things that opened up collegiate athletics to women. And so we have all right. these structures in place that create athletic and other uh, opportunities, educational, academic opportunities for women, which they should have. And now you see that the transgender uh, movement, another segment of, of progressivism, if you want to look at it globally, that, that they're literally undoing, creating this sort of in run around the whole uh, women's sports structure, because you've got any any biological male can wake up on a Tuesday morning and say, hey, I'm a woman and start competing in women's sports. Well, we've defeated the whole process. We've defeated 50 years of work on behalf of women everywhere. Your daughter, my daughter. Joseph. Yeah. Right. When Joe wakes up and decides he wants to be Josephine today because he can rank better and possibly get scholarships, you got to sit here and wonder how much of this gender dysphoria. And keep in mind, you got copycat things that are going on with kids, especially today mm-hmm. in, in the oh, social sure. media realm. People see something and go, oh, I feel that way, too. I feel that way, too. Well, again, that's why I said uh, in the previous segment, how did we go from one gender uh, dysphoria clinic, one one pediatric uh, gender dysphoria clinic in 2007 nationwide, one in the country in 2007 to hundreds of them today. It, I, I don't think medically, I don't think the species has experienced, uh, and, and, you know, a psychological epidemic, uh, you know, ep- organically. I think, I think, as you said, that, that social media and other factors are pushing that. So, and you can't, and by the way, it's important, Dave, I think for us as Christians, as believers, it is a real thing. There are children individuals, adults even, who, who must sincerely feel trapped in a body that, that isn't comfortable for them. And I get that for some people that's a real thing, and we've got to love those people and we've got to figure out ways to help them and treat them and, and do for them what, you know, in a, in, a, in a positive way should be done. But that doesn't mean we upend the entire balance and structure of society based on a male-female dynamic. That doesn't mean you just throw all that out the window, right? No, you don't. And it's very interesting. And this is where the social media uh, phenomena has really created some very hefty wokeism uh, breezes that are, are blowing pretty hard across us right now because our grandparents' generation, you know, the, the, the greatest generation, quote unquote, yeah. um, the people who identified with what would be LGBTQ plus back in the day, it was like 0.7%. Today's uh, generation of teenagers and young adults 
they're self-identifying at 24% of yeah. them are saying that there's some form of LGBTQ+, which is the, the, you just keep adding letters to this group, and you realize it's a real hodgepodge of different people who are trying to coalesce themselves together. Yeah. And, and, and it's creating this winds of, of cultural change that we've got to sit there and go, wait, wait. male is male, female is female, yeah. biology. We, we, we said for so long, trust the science, trust the science. Well, you know, generations of science have told us there's male and there's female. Yeah. LGBTQAIP2K+, Dave. Exactly. There's, uh, there's 58 genders, in case you hadn't. you got to get with the program. I mean, you know, I was stuck at 37 for a really long yeah, time. Yeah, no, it's 58. 58 is, is at okay, least 58. At least 58, according to the Washington Post. But by the way, I'm I'm add me to the list, Dave. I'm I'm identifying. I'm coming out. I'm I'm now LGBT. Uh, I'm LGBT as a. I'm, let me just go ahead and come out. But for me, it's let's get Biden to quit. That's my. Uh, I'm, LG, <laughs> I'm LGBTQ. But it's uh, for me. It's Enjoy let's get. Yeah, I'm I'm a full fledged, all in member of the LGBTQ movement. But uh, it's for me, it's let's get Biden to quit. Uh, Dave, I think you wanted to mention one last thing: uh, the opioid crisis and responding to that epidemic from a Christian worldview. And we didn't get to that yet. Real quick, we're running out of time. What what can you share with us on that subject? And from April 2019 to 2020, 100,000 Americans lost their lives to the opioid epidemic crisis. People, uh, death by accident, death by suicide, uh, fentanyl being a major aspect of that. And when South Carolina, during that time period, over 1,700 people uh, died from a drug overdose. 1,400 of those were because of the opioid epidemic. Pain pills that become part of a habit. And <clears throat> and for, for your audience there in Ory County, one in 10 South Carolinians who died from an opioid overdose, live in Ory County. Mm. One out wow. of ten. Wow. That is that is a huge factor. You're in, in neighboring Florence County. The sheriff told a group of folks one time. He said, "I'm picking up two to three bodies a week of people who died of an overdose." They picked up one where they had a two and a half liters of fentanyl sitting beside the body, which is enough to kill everybody in Florence County twice. This is where it's getting out of control, and we are really encouraging pastors, churches, to go, hey, listen, some people will say, hey, listen, it's not happening in my pews. Well, the reality is it is. And and we can tell you with almost certainty what the numbers are telling us right now, that millions of South Carolinians are dealing with an opioid crisis because we had enough opioid drugs prescribed in South Carolina for every person, every person in the state, to receive 30 pills. Hmm. Unbelievable. Everyone. Yeah. And, and we've got to start addressing and dealing with this issue. And again, if you would like to learn more about that, sign up for our email newsletter at palmettofamily.org and get involved because if you want to know what the issues are, why they matter, what there's a biblical worldview on that, and what you can do about it, Reese, that's the big thing. People go, what can I do? And that's why Palmetto Family is here, to help people know and understand where the issues are and what they can do about it. Excellent. Well, Dave, thanks uh, for joining us here on the show this morning, and thanks for everything that Palmetto Family does. It's palmettofamily.org, correct? Yes. Yes, Palmetto Family. Or download, the Pal- or download the Palmetto Family app on your smartphone so you can keep up to date with the things that are going on here in Columbia. So download the app or check out the website, folks, palmettofamily.org. Dave Wilson, Palmetto Family Council. Dave, I want to get you back on the show. A lot more to talk about, so 
Give me a date a couple of weeks out. We'll get you back on the program. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Reese. Have okay, a great Dave. weekend. Take care. Have a great weekend. Folks, it's Saturday Morning Coffee. That was Dave Wilson. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Going to be joined here in the studio by um, uh, candidate for county council, um, uh, Mark Lazarus. Golly, I'm, I'm half asleep. I was going to help you out. Golly. Mark Lazarus joining us here in the studio. Reese Boyd on Saturday Morning Coffee. Don't leave town. Text us, 843-798-TALK. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, why would folks be well-served to contact Pyle Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial planning? Reese, wrapping your wealth around your purpose is not just a slogan. It is the heart and soul of our firm. And how we do that is getting to know you and making sure you know your purpose. Then our keep more strategy is deployed. We want you to keep more so you can spend more and then you can give more and then one day you can leave more. And just this year, Pile Financial Services was recognized as the number one company in the country with our broker-dealer out of Dallas, Texas. It's Powell Financial Services. Reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at powellfinancialservices.com. It's Powell Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, 747 on your Saturday morning. I want to thank Dave Wilson with the Palmetto Family Council for joining us here on the show this morning. Always great to talk to Dave. Check them out, palmettofamily.org, or download the app. They're doing a lot of great work. Palmetto Family's uh, busy throughout the year working with the General Assembly, trying to push measures that will defend the family. And folks, I just want to say this real quick. The family is the building block of society. Had this discussion with Liz a couple of times. We we uh, we uh, talk about this often, but the family is the building block of society. A lot of things going on in the world that are crazy today. Kids growing up without uh, dads, uh, without a father figure to teach them how to be a man is a big part of our problem. You know, if you look at these mass shootings, the guys that are perpetrating it, they're all kids. They're all men, young men. And uh, for the most part, 90% of them grew up without a dad, maybe 100% if you, if you look at I mean, it's, it's, it's astonishing. But defending the family, there is no more important work that's going on in Colombia or elsewhere than defending the family for us and our future generations. But right now, I'm going to switch gears. And by the way, I want to remind you guys, you can always join the show, call in line. I don't think we've given the call in numbers yet, 843-903-2945 or text us on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. 843-798-TALK. That's 843-798-8255. If you guys have questions for our next guest, you can text us those questions on the PCRXcomputers.com text line because right now we're joined in the studio by a very special guest, our good friend Mark Lazarus. Mark is running for chairman of O'Ree County Council in the Republican 
primary coming up on June 14. He joins us here in the studio to talk about his campaign. Mark, welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee. Good morning, Reese. Thank you for having him here today. Get that uh, a little mic, closer. A little closer to you. Okay. All right. There we go. Gotcha. Technical difficulty. Technical difficulty. About a dollar bill between you and the mic. That's what you <laughs> okay, want. Okay. Actually, it's a hundred dollar bill. Hundred dollar bill. Yeah. And so, Mark, you are run now. You have uh, uh, been. You've previously served as chairman. Yes, five and a half years as uh, chairman, and four years as a uh, district two councilman. And you decided you wanted another tour of duty. Yes. Uh, so you're stepping back into the into the uh, into the onto the stage. So thank you for offering yourself up for service. Um, tell folks a little bit about yourself for the, for folks who a lot of people move into the area may not be familiar. Just give us a quick bio sure. for you. Sure. Uh, family moved here in 1976. Um, my dad moved us here to open up the Myrtle Beach Grand Prix. We opened it up on the south end of Myrtle Beach. Uh, it's at the end of the runway at the old air base, uh, now the commercial airport. But uh, we ran that for about 25 years. We had North Myrtle Beach Grand Prix up in the Windy Hill section. Uh, we today have a Wild Water and Wheels uh, Water Park in Surfside, Myrtle Waves Water Park in Myrtle Beach, and the Broadway Grand Prix uh, across from uh, Broadway at the beach. So uh, we're, our family's always been in the family entertainment business uh, here in Myrtle Beach uh, area. Uh, my kids have grown up here. I graduated from Myrtle Beach High School, went off to school, uh, played a little bit of football at the uh, University of North Carolina, and then came back and uh, started raising our family, met my wife Helen here. She was actually in the radio uh, business yeah. uh, and uh, met her, and uh, we got married and have three children and three grandchildren now. So uh, I've been around uh, the area for a long time, and uh, I just like to give back uh, to our area. I get involved in a lot of uh, civic things around our area, uh, specifically now the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, just back to what you were just talking about, taking care of these kids, uh, getting them at an early age uh, to, to show them there is a better way of life. Yeah. So uh, anyway, Amen. we're Amen here. Yeah. Um, and we can, you know, we can forgive you for being a Tar Heel, by the way, but the, <laughs> but the rest of that is very impressive. And, uh, and what position did you play on the on the football? I, I was actually a punter. Really, very yeah. good, excellent. Yeah. I don't think I even knew that. That's, yeah. that's I was uh, on the, the good stuff. The the, the, the uh, cool story is I was on the last ACC championship team that North Carolina's had in 1980, and uh, Lawrence Taylor was a senior yeah. my freshman year. Yeah, so, uh, pretty cool times to pretty, be at UNC. Pretty cool time to be at UNC. Very good. So, oh yeah. By the way, I was going to say Glenn has now showed me his Grand Prix driver permit. Glenn, that's pretty impressive. So, and I was going to tell you that somewhere in the uh, annals, in the in the in the relic room at the at the Boyd household is a is a is a Grand Prix driver's license. Glenn has one up to me. He's still yeah, there. You go. He's still I got it. Nineteen eighty two. Nineteen eighty two. And I remember that track so much. I always looked so forward to driving that track when I came down here. Oh yeah. It was a it was a great facility. Great time. Yeah. yeah we used to it was uh, probably. Spent more money there than I'd like to admit to you, <laughs> yeah. driving, learning. And how then to... they also had boats you could race too oh, in yeah. that area. Yeah. The speed boats. I, yep. speed I actually boats. flipped one over. Somebody hit me and it flipped over. I found myself upside down. Very yeah. good. So, Mark, what do you think is uh, what? Are, obviously, got a lot to talk about. What What are the big challenges that you see facing the county today? I know we've got a one thing on everybody's mind is growth and development and and reconciling that. But what do you? Reconciling the interest of property owners obviously have a right to develop their property. Absolutely. Versus trying to figure out a way to to do smart growth. Everybody talks about smart growth, but sometimes I frankly wonder if people really know what that is. You know, right. what is smart growth? But what what do you see as the big issues? Um, obviously, wanted to talk about that. But what are the big issues facing the county in your mind? 
Well, the the biggest is growth and uh, infrastructure. Uh, yeah. You know, and how do we handle it? They they both go hand in hand. We've had tremendous growth over the last uh, years, and uh, we're lacking in infrastructure. So uh, we need to kind of take a pulse. That doesn't mean we stop development uh, by any means. You can't do that. Uh, hmm. People are moving here. People want to be here. And uh, somebody asked me the other day about developers. They, I said, well, how do you define a developer? And they said, you know, those guys that build all those houses. I said, well, have you ever thought that development includes the electricians, the plumbers, the landscapers, the paving guys, the graders, uh, the framers, uh, the people that work in the law offices, the clerks, the accountants? Uh, there's so many jobs. Uh, it's, to me, the second biggest economy in Horry County right now. So that's not something we just want to stop. Yeah. We need to look at how are we going to manage that growth. And I think we need to start looking at more responsible, sustainable growth uh, as we move forward. Uh, that's going to be the biggest. And then how do we look at our infrastructure? We're in need of uh, fixing our internal roads. We need turn lanes. We need XL, decel lanes. We need signalization on our stoplights. Uh, there's so many things that need, and you need a real leader that can get in there and get those things done. Someone that can go to Columbia, someone can go to Washington and bring home the money that it takes to do these things. Yeah. And you were, um, Previously on county council, you served as chairman. Who preceded you as chairman? Was it Tom Rice? No, no. Tom, yeah, Tom was prior. Tom, Tom, you, you Tom was Tom? there. Uh, I took over part of his term. Yeah. Uh, so uh, when we uh, got the seventh congressional district, he ran for that, uh, won that, and then I came back in and, and won for a year and a half, and then ran again unopposed yeah. uh, for a four year term. Okay, very good. I was just trying to remember the history because I was. I know obviously we've we've had. Uh, Johnny Gardner's been chairman, and and now you and Johnny. Who else is in the race? Is it just you and Johnny? Oh, I'd like to say that, but there is another Johnny. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> right, that's right, Johnny. I'm sorry, <laughs> and and uh, a lady from uh, Little River. Okay, so what what is it, uh, Mark? You obviously feel called to do this. You're stepping back into the arena. What is it that distinguishes Mark Lazarus? Why why should folks look at at Mark Lazarus and say I think Mark needs to be the chairman? Well, leadership. Yeah. Uh, you know, when uh, I was chairman. Uh, I think we got a lot of things done. We had a lot of communication and cooperation between our council and uh, all the other city governments. Uh, after I got off council, there was a litany of lawsuits that uh, just came up. There was a lot of infighting within the council ranks. And uh, I just don't see the leadership uh, that we need to take us forward into the future. I have a significant business background that I think uh, helps lend to budgeting. Uh, I've my, our business itself has a, a very large budget for a very small you know, business, family operation business. Mm -hmm. I'm very in tune to the budget of uh, Horry County. It's a very intricate uh, budget, multifaceted, uh, that uh, it takes someone to, that understands it to work with the staff in order to, to find the money within the budget to get the things that we need to do accomplished. So uh, I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm looking forward to sitting back at the table with all the communities uh, and sitting down with the school board. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's something we don't do is we're, we're building all these developments or allowing them to be built and we're not coordinating with the schools and they're getting behind. So we need to figure out how we yeah. work with them hand in hand also. Most people don't realize that the school budget is actually bigger than the county budget. Absolutely. It's a huge operation. And part of the, part of the, one of the huge aspects of development, one of the major ramifications of all that is all these people, you have to have schools, obviously roads, right. but you got to have schools and you got to plan a system that's going to serve all these people with emergency services, fire, police. Right. I mean, these are huge questions. 
Yeah, they, they are, and and uh, you have to have someone that uh, has the ability to sit down with staff. We, we've got a great staff at Horry County, mm-hmm. and uh, what they need is is direction and leadership from the council. They don't need a council up there bickering back and forth and, and can't make decisions to give them the direction that, to do their jobs. Um, well, Mark, I see your website. Looks good. LazarusForCheer.com. People can find you online. If they want to follow you or get in touch, how can they do that? Well, they can call me on my cell phone. It's listed on all of my materials. Uh, they can email us at uh, LazarusForChair at gmail.com, uh, and uh, we'll be glad to answer them. We answer all of them, and I uh, look forward to any you know questions uh, that anybody has. All right, very good. And the primary is coming up? June 14th. June 14th. So, folks, get out and vote. We're talking to Mark Lazarus this morning. Good luck, Mark. And uh, – uh, let us know if you want to come back on the show anytime, particularly, uh, you know, if you get into the next round. Let us know. We'll get you back on the show. Absolutely. Thank right. you. Thank that you for your time. Good. Folks, it's Mark Lazarus running for chairman of Orie County Council. I invite you to check out his campaign at LazarusForChair.com. And after these words from our sponsors, folks, we'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Law Studios. This is Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. And we're talking today with Greg Sisson with the Greg Sisson Real Estate Team, your local experts here along the Grand Strand. And Greg, folks are asking a lot about these interest rates. Everybody knows that interest rates are climbing. What is that doing to the local real estate market here along the Grand Strand? That's a great question, Reese, because rates going from three to five is a big jump. And what's interesting is for a buyer, instead of five buyers for every house, now maybe there's three. So there's less competition for you as a buyer. And as a seller, we still have a one month supply of inventory. By definition, red hot market, just not the frenzy it was. But call me to talk about your situation. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team, EXP Realty at 843-251-2693 or reach them online at gregsisson.com. It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Two full hours on Talk 94.5. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you need freedom, save it. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. He's a chain breaker. Yes, he is. 8.07 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us here on the program. I want to thank Mark Lazarus, candidate for Ori County Council, for joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Great interview. Always great to talk to Mark. Invite you to uh, check out his campaign. Always admire folks who have 
have uh, been in the crucible, Glenn, and are willing to wander back in. It's uh, it's not an easy thing. So yeah. we our hats off to anybody who's willing to yeah, you know put their name out there. You'll and, never be proud of me. <laughs> it's not an easy not an easy no. walk. It is no. not an easy walk. It is something that you are. Uh, uh, most people do it. They're called to do it, but uh, it is not an easy thing to do. I tell people you're either uh, you're either lacking in judgment or uh, <laughs> well, you, you have experience. Oh, I have experience. But I have experience on watching everybody else and what you've taught me. And I have no desire ever. My dad actually, because uh, you know we interviewed Pamela Everett and Tom Rice and all that. He said, "So what office are you going to run for?" I'm like, "No yeah, way." Clearly, clearly, we're no. grooming you. Yeah, no we're, way. We're grooming you. Glenn. No way. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Glenn. Glenn Dye, Secretary of Education. I say Secretary of Transportation. Secretary of Transportation. Yeah, I, I, could, do, I could be Buttigieg any day. Buttigieg. Yeah. Um, you know. Booty gig is a disaster. Yes, he is. By the way, yes, I mean, he is. and you see airlines falling apart. And you see, he's weighing in on abortion yeah, and all that. I you, mean, you can't fly from Los Angeles to New York on any reliable basis. You can't get anywhere. Uh, flight, any flight is is at least half again as expensive as it was when Joe Biden took office, if not more so. Right. I mean, our, our the, there's very little that he has to really be responsible for, but he's worried about. Uh, diversity equity at the department he's worried about abortion as you said he's worried about all the things that have really nothing to do meanwhile the transfer the transportation infrastructure of the united states of america starting to look like a third world country and he has no experience (laughs) so (laughs) mayor pete yeah i mean if it's possible if it's a if it's possible to make joe biden look competent the people that he has surrounded himself by accomplish that i mean it's fascinating yep. bewildering but nonetheless right now we are talking to speaking of running for office glenn and the challenge of uh, the the courage it takes to put yourself out there on the ballot uh, we're joined now on the program by barbara arthur barbara is a candidate for congress in the south carolina 7th district gop primary also coming up on june 14 june 14 going to be a big day y'all hope y'all will get out and uh, vote and and uh, so, Barbara, you have been with us here on the show once before, I believe, but welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. Thank you for having me, Reese. Yes. I'm glad to be with you this morning. So uh, you, I think you have been on the show once before. So tell me how, uh, how the campaign is going. And for folks who may not know, give us a little bit about uh, Barbara Arthur. Who's Barbara Arthur and why did you decide to put your name on the ballot and run for Congress? Sure. I'm, um, I live in Hartsville with my husband, Warren. We've been married now 25 years. I've never sought political office. I've never had a desire to run for anything. But when I saw the communist tactics used by the media on American citizens, I became very concerned because I was born in Cuba. I was born in communist Cuba, and my family was greatly affected by communism. Mm -hmm. um, The U.S. issued our family visas to come over in 1969. Castro withheld my mom and three kids. So when I all that happening right after January 6th in the media and the way they were, that, that cancel culture, don't you dare rise up against us, don't you dare disbelieve anything we say or con- or speak out contrary to what we're saying because you will lose your jobs, you, your bank accounts will be, will be um, seized and whatnot. And it was, um, it was like, what world are we living in? What world are we living in? And so I started doing research and I found how much money China has paid our U.S. media, and it's easy to find. FARA, that's F-A-R-A, Foreign Agent Registration Act. You can see the many millions, if not billions, of dollars that China has paid our U.S. media. 
And they've been going up to China now for years, This for the past five, six years now. They've been going over there, taking trips. And I can't help but wonder, and with the way they're, the, the media, the U.S. media is acting now, that they've been trained in communist tactics. And so that's one of the things that really, really caught my attention. And then I, as my research deepened and I saw all the executive orders that President Donald Trump enacted uh, against China to protect us, mm-hmm. I'll tell you one was uh, some power grids. There's over 200 power grids here in the U.S. from China. And President Trump on May 1st, 2020, enacted an executive order banning those grids uh, for national security reasons. And then when Biden got in there on the very first day, January 20th, he rescinded that. And I can't help but wonder why. And then we all know about CRT, Reese. We know how uh, how, divi- how dividing that is and mm-hmm. how wicked and evil. It, it's just terrible. But many people don't know about Confucius schools. Confucius schools is paid by the CCP, and professors from the CCP come into our schools and train our young minds. And that is going on in, K, in grades K through 12 and also in, in universities. The US, um, USC had one. It's supposed to have closed down, but uh, the Presbyterian still has one. Presbyterian College still has one. Mm-hmm. And, and then many of these professors are linked to the military, the, US, uh, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party military. Mm-hmm. And Trump enacted a ban on that, and if anybody received any funds from the CCP, they were supposed to report it. Biden got in, and he rescinded it. And I can yeah. go on and on and on. Oh, yeah. so the, these are the things that propelled me into this race, because, you know, I, um, my family suffered greatly because of the evils of communism, and I see that Biden wants to create Castro's communist Cuba here in America. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit back and allow it to happen. I'm, I literally wore out a pair of nurse's sandals last year. I wore out the cushioning. And uh, people, some many people, not people, but my critics have said to me, stop talking about communism. Uh, but honestly, that is the reason why I'm in this race, because if you can't see the handwriting on the wall, because it's here. Mm-hmm. It's well, here. you know, one thing I think I think some people when you when you put it in those terms, uh, Barbara, it, it, it sometimes I think people because many of us have been lulled into a false sense of security Um, because I'm old enough to remember the fall of the Berlin Wall. And most of us, I think many people remember the end of the, (coughs) excuse me, the Cold War. And we thought that we had defeated communism. But as you said, I think that the threat posed by China to us today is as grave as the threat of the Soviet Union ever was and so oh. and most people but most people haven't paid attention to the rise of that threat absolutely and you know when we came here in 1969 president lyndon johnson regardless of how someone may feel about him he did one thing one thing right and that was the freedom flight because of the cold war and cuba's proximity to the u.s he enacted these flights from 1965 to 1974 to brain drain cuba and it and it worked it worked and now right now the, uh china it's in Cuba. Last year when there was an uprising in uh, July of last year, they hadn't had an uprising in 62 years in Cuba. And so they sent Chinese uh, police to Cuba to teach them how to control the people. So right now, China is in Cuba. And what have you heard about that? Hmm. Not much. This is how, that's right. Yep. This administration's not doing anything about it. Yep. China is 90 miles from our southernmost shores. And you know, and China's here. China is, is is in every I don't know in every area of our American way of living. They're they're 
they're in our they have little pamphlets or, or newspapers inserted in the New York Times and in the Washington Post and they own a lot of radio stations and these are this is research that people can do it's, mm-hmm. it's frightening they're purchasing our industries and our farmlands and oh, it, this is very concerning they're they're buying up large chunks of our economy, and this is this is the downside, Barbara, of the economic policies that we have pursued. And and to Trump's credit, I think he understood that China, for decades now, had been pursuing sort of a, a mercantilist approach to global trade, and they they don't need to defeat us uh, militarily if they simply buy out our our country and we all become economically uh, dependent upon them. If we all become tenants, we are we are no longer free. So that is correct. And I believe they have purchased our uh, elected officials. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been sold out. We have been sold out. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced of that. Uh, compromised. And and our country is in, in great danger right now. And if we don't wake up as a nation and it, no elected official is going to be able to get us out of this mess. It's going to take all of us well, working together. And I think you're I think you're very correct when you say that. Uh, Barbara, I think it needs to be a team effort. I believe that we need to send people to Congress. Um, I mean, obviously, fighting communism is a goal. It's a truism. It's a it's a it's a an axiom. But on a on a more maybe a little more practical, granular level, what I mean, I think we need to send people to Congress because, frankly, government has been creeping toward socialism, even though it doesn't really matter what you call it. It's like you mentioned CRT. People say, well, communism isn't really a problem anymore. Well, what happens is the same issues that we were fighting when we were fighting the Cold War are still there. They just that now they call it CRT that, you know, uh, Karl Marx, Marx and, and Lenin, they sought to divide society based on economic, uh, you know, Caste class. dividers, class, class dividers. That's now right. CRT just simply seeks to divide America, divide our society based on based on color. And so right. if, yeah. if they can divide us and get us to fight with one another and, and to pursue uh, revolution, uh, you know, for for the benefit of, of the, 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 the proletariat, whatever that is, however you want to define it, whether it's a racial group or an economic group, then then we've 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 succumbed to the we, we've lost the battle. We've lost the war. And so I think what what you're saying and what I hear you saying and what I think is is real is that we're we're fighting the same battles. They're just the, the terminology is different. It it most certainly is. And Trump himself said that socialism is the same thing as communism. And we have a party right now called the Democratic Socialists of America. Mm-hmm. And we've got four of them in elected office right now in Congress, and that's AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Cory Bush, and Jamil Bowman. Those that's an offshoot of the Communist Party USA. And if people want to do even a further research, the AMC uh, publication, the Association of Mature American Citizens, in 2018, they wrote an article of how many Marxists we have right now in Congress and the deal that the Progressive Party made with Pelosi. That was in 2018, that they would put her back as Speaker of the House if she would appoint more Democratic Socialists of America and Communist Party USA affiliates into more um of prestigious positions and have more power in, 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 in legislation. And that's an article that everyone can read. And again, that's the AM American Association of Mature American Citizens. And it was written in 2018. And if you do a little search about Marxists and Congress, and you'll, you'll be able to pull that up. And, you know, ever since then, and this is critical, since then, that, again, that was in 2018. Since 2019, we have had about 120 
Democratic Socialists of America elected in, 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 in office. And four in Congress and then all and then in state, Senate, House, County Council, City Council and chairs and local chairs. That's critical because the Democrat Democratic Socialists of America is an offshoot of the Communist Party. Mm -hmm. This is AOC. These people hate America. I do not believe that anyone who has a Marxist, socialist, uh, communist ideology needs to be serving an elected office in the United States of America. Yeah, I, I agree. Agreement. I agree. Yeah. Um, well, Barbara, we're running into a break. If you uh, want to give folks some contact information, if people want to follow your campaign, get in touch with you, um, help you in the closing weeks of this campaign, how can they get in touch? Thank you for asking. Barbara Arthur for Congress.com is my my uh, web page. And it, I'll just give my phone number because I have it on all my cards. 843-621-3003. I'm happy to talk to anyone if anyone has any questions. Well, Barbara, good luck. Good luck on the 14th. And uh, come back on the show anytime. Let us know how things are going. And we look forward to chatting with you again soon. I really appreciate the time you've given me. You have a wonderful day. Thank you, ma'am. Folks, it's Barbara Arthur running for Congress, the 7th District, primary on June 14. Check her out, BarbaraArthurForCongress.com. After these words from our sponsors, we'll be right back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Saturday Don't Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. And more coming up next on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Reese, Pamela and I have always cherished that we get to live on the coast of South Carolina. What a privilege it is to serve our friends and neighbors along the Grand Strand and beyond with clients in 27 states. And just this year, Pyle Financial Services was recognized as the number one company in the country with our broker-dealer out of Dallas, Texas. Now is the time to review your financial relationships. 2022 could be a year of much volatility with elections, midterms, and potential tax law changes. If you don't have an advisor you trust, call Pile Financial Services at 843-945-4480. Or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com. It's Pile Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, 825 on your Saturday morning, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Thanks for sticking with us here on the program. Really enjoy talking to Barbara Arthur. Always uh, uh, a good guest. She's got a lot of great ideas. She's got a, uh, an amazing story, refugee from communist 
Cuba, lived uh, through a lot of trials and tribulations uh, in her life, and she is offering herself up for service running for Congress in the 7th Congressional District in the GOP primary. You know, we had, uh, and, and as I said, Glenn, before the break, my hat's off to anybody who has the courage, uh, having walked that road myself, to put their name on the ballot. Yeah. And uh, and I appreciate her coming on the show and, and sharing her views with us. And to go to the distance. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to put your name out there and then maybe fold like a cheap lawn chair early on, but to go to the distance. Amen. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, and it has not been an easy campaign. That has been a particularly nasty campaign. Yeah. I, it was one of the things I was hoping to get a chance to ask her about. We did not get a chance uh, to uh, discuss it, but that's been a nasty campaign uh, across the board. I've not ever, not all of them have gone negative. I haven't I haven't actually heard Barbara doing too much in the way of negative campaigning, no, but nonetheless, uh, it's been a nasty campaign. There've been some things said about her that are mm-hmm. particularly uh, unpleasant. So I um, hats off to her for having the courage to put her name out there on the ballot and uh, and to offer herself up for service. And again, folks, if you want to check Barbara out, you can find her at BarbaraArthurForCongress.com. We had, in the last few weeks, we had Russell Fry. We had, um, Russell was on. That was the the day that Savannah Craven was guest hosting. I was trying to think, yeah. why don't I remember that interview? I wasn't here. <laughs> you weren't here. I'm thinking, what did Russell say? I don't remember. I don't remember because I was out of town. We had Russell Fry. Uh, Tom Rice was on. Mm-hmm. A lot of comments from that interview. We yeah. had um, Ken Richardson last yeah. week. Barbara Arthur this week, and I believe next week we've got Dr. Barton, Garrett Barton. Oh, we'll great. Be on, we'll be on the show. That's great. I think if uh, Mark McBride, I think he's the last candidate that we haven't spoken with recently. Mark has been on the show before, but yep. if uh, I'm going to reach out to him one more time. If Mark wants to come on the show next week, we'll get him in as well. So, uh, folks, a uh, lot to talk about here on uh, the program. want to remind you, if you have any comments, questions for our guest, uh, feel free to check in with us on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. In a bit, we're going to be joined by Shannon Grady. Shannon is a candidate for O'Ree County Council. She's going to be joining us here in the studio in just a few minutes. I really enjoyed talking with Barbara because one of the things, you know, she has caught some pushback, Glenn, for talking about communism so much, but I want to, I want to just, you know, and people, you don't need to make fun of her uh, for raising the alarm on something that may well be a, 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 a national security uh, end of game scenario for the United States. I mean, it, it, everything you've got to balance. We need a lot of things. Okay, she's need, fighting need, to keep America free. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, there's nothing wrong with and, that. And what's wrong with that? Exactly. Nothing. So um, we've got a lot of things going on in Washington, and we've talked about this on the show many times, uh, Glenn. We need. I think we need to send people to Congress. The first thing we need to do is we need to send people to Congress who are not in it for the ego. There are too many people who get involved in politics who are just. I call them attention whores. Yeah. I mean, it's like you. I mean, if you if you turn on a spotlight. <laughs> They perk up. I mean, if the Klieg lights are on, they are they are in, they are on game, and you you realize that that's really that's what feeds their whatever psychological deficiencies they've experienced in youth <laughs> or childhood. That's what's feeding. The, that's the melody for them. Don't that's, sugarcoat it now. No, I'm Reese. not going to sugarcoat uh-huh. it. We don't need those people in Washington. We right. don't need those people right. in Congress. And we also, even on a slightly different note, we don't need people who are going to Washington to enrich themselves. A.K.A. Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't need people like that in Congress. We need people in Congress, frankly, who don't really want to be there, who actually think of it as public service. That's what we need. I'm sticking with this mantra, which I picked up a few uh, weeks ago. Um, We had um, uh, who was on the show that said I I asked him. I'm trying to remember. Oh, um, well, I'm drawing a blank. Somebody was on the show. We were having a conversation. 
And I said, what do we need uh, more than, than anything else? And they said, we need to send people to D.C. who are citizen legislators. And I thought to myself, bingo, that's what we need. We need citizen legislators to go to Washington to fix this problem. That sounds like Ken Richardson, if I remember correctly. It might have been Ken. Yeah. I can't remember who. I can't, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. think about who. Well, we've interviewed it. so many people. Yeah, we've had, we've had quite a few people. And so that's what we need, folks. We need, we need people who will go up there who will behave like citizen legislators. They're not there to feed their ego, their, their whatever psychological deficiencies they've experienced. They're not making up for you know, lost time. They're not enriching themselves. They're just there to do public service and that they will hold the line. We need people who will hold the line on exercising. We had somebody check in this, uh, this morning on the PCRXcomputers.com text line saying Congress has ceded its constitutional responsibilities. Yeah. Yes, it has. We need people who will hold the line on the main check and balance that's available to Congress, which is the purse string. And, and so we need Congress people who will, in my opinion, support term limits, who will uh, support a balanced budget amendment, who will support le- transparency in legislation, transparency in legislating. Uh, how many times have we heard Nancy Pelosi say, well, let's pass the bill and then we can figure out what's in it? No, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. You, you pass a bill on one topic and that one topic everybody has an opportunity to read it and look at it and they know what's in it and there is none of this business about passing these 20,000 page omnibus bills that nobody in congress has read so we need we need legislative transparency um we need and and we need some we need everybody in congress to seriously hold the line on budgeting Glenn, because, and I don't mean, you know, in Washington, we always start with whatever you spent last year and you add 10% to it or 5% to it or whatever the number of the hour is. We need folks who will go through the federal government and look for programs that we can eliminate. You know, we've got to get this beast in D.C. under control. Yeah, I think curbing the spending of the government right now is yeah. an urgent need. It's urgent. Yeah, urgent. It's, um, it's, it's, creating, it's creating economic problems. And as far as term limits, you know the chances of that ever happening. So it's really put into the hands of the voters. Yeah. It's your opportunity to put term limits on a, somebody that has been serving for multiple years yeah. or Un- until their entire lifetime. We, we, yes, we, the ultimate term limiter is the ballot box. Yeah. But we still need, in my opinion, we need term limits. Sure. We need a lot of it. But in the meantime, while all those things are being fought for, yes, we need to stand up for freedom, fight communism, fight the creeping power of the oppressive state, no matter how, whatever you want to call it, socialism, communism, whatever you want to call it, uh, we need to fight it. Hold back at every turn. Folks, uh, stick with us. We're going to be joined here in the studio in just a couple of minutes by Shannon Grady. Shannon is running for O'Ree County Council. She's a friend of the show, been on many times, and she's going to talk to us this morning about her campaign. So stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee here on Talk 94.5. I'm also a practicing attorney with the firm of Davis & Boyd Attorneys at Law. You can tune in to Talk 94.5 every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 for all the great conservative talk and content that you've come 
come to expect on Saturday morning coffee. But for all of your personal and business legal needs, I hope that you will give us a call at Davis and Boyd to discuss how we can assist you. From business litigation, business consulting, estate planning, personal injury, including motor vehicle collisions, probate litigation, trust disputes, whatever your litigation or other legal needs may be, give us a call to see if our legal team of professionals at Davis and Boyd can assist you with those needs. Call me, Reese Boyd, at 843-839-9800 or reach us online at davisboydlaw.com. It's Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law, ready to be your choice for lawyers here on the Grand Strand. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, 837 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for sticking with us here on the big show. Earlier in the program, we were talking about a uh, friend of the show, maybe soon to be a sponsor of the show. If you guys would be be out there online buying plenty of this fine coffee, we might have a new sponsor here on Saturday Morning Coffee. But we've been in contact with the fine folks up at One Nation Coffee up in the upstate, South Carolina uh, roasted coffee from uh, numerous sources, Colombia, Guatemala, Tanzania, uh, some top secret locations that they use for some of their blends. They sent us uh, some coffee to share with you guys. We're drinking some here in the studio this morning. I'm enjoying a fine uh, cup of JB's Buckshot blend. That's an Arabica Robusta blend from Colombia. And I'm telling you, Glenn, this is good coffee. You've got uh, the mother of all brews over mm-hmm. there. And uh, I wanted to, um, I wanted to, uh, we told folks we would give away uh, the coffee, uh, somebody, lucky listener. So I think what we're going to do, Glenn, is uh, we'll play a little presidential trivia here on Saturday morning coffee. And the uh, first person to chime in on the PCRXcomputers.com text line with a correct answer, we'll get a a bag of uh, One Nation coffee. And if you guys want your own bag of One Nation coffee, uh, you can check out onenationcoffee.com. That's one, the num- not the number, one written out, onenationcoffee.com. And we also talked about their parallel foundation that they run, onenation-foundation.org. Part of the proceeds for all the coffee that you buy goes to benefit the One Nation Foundation, which benefits veterans and first responders. So good stuff. If you want to try a bag of One Nation coffee, uh, answer the following question. By the way, you can choose from the Tribute Blend. The Revier blend, which is a Tanzanian Peaberry uh, blend, you can choose from what I'm drinking. You gotta love those Tanzanian. You gotta love those Tanzanian Tanzan, Tanzanian Peaberries. <laughs> the uh, JB's Buckshot blend. We've got some. Uh, we've got the Taste Like Freedom blend, which is a medium Colombian coffee. And then, of course, as Glenn, you've already seen the Mother of All blends, which is a from a top secret uh, destination, but it's a dark blend. So you'll get your choice. But on the PCRXcomputers.com text line if you would answer the following question uh 1824 election for president was decided by this body 
because none of the candidates won a majority of the Electoral College. So in 1824, our president was elected by this body because no candidate in that race, our guest knows the answer, <laughs> no candidate in, the, sorry, guest of the show cannot win, Shen. Uh, no candidate in that race uh, won a majority of the votes in the Electoral College. That was 1824. So what body elected our president in 1824? You'll get your choice, a bag from uh, One Nation Coffee, and also we'll tack on a Saturday morning coffee coffee mug if we can uh, find one. I think we got a winner. Bam. Yeah, that win. was fast. That was quick. Mm-hmm. So whoever you are, let us know. Yeah. And uh, we'll... Uh, somebody said the Senate. No, I'm sorry. That is incorrect. <clears throat> and, but right. the right answer, ding, right. is the House of Representatives. We have a winner. So you want winner, them to come by your dinner. office and pick this up? Yeah, if you'll swing by the offices of uh, Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law, the number there, 843-839-9800. You can pick up your bag of One Nation coffee, and we'll get you a Saturday morning coffee coffee mug to go with that. So thanks for playing. Whoever you are, give us your name. We'll add you to the uh, WTKN list of deplorables here on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. But right now we're joined in the studio by our own Shannon Grady. Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank. You. I'm kind of curious. The uh, the top secret coffee is that Area 51 coffee. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I would love to know. I think that must be a proprietary. The guys at One Nation must have located a secret source. Right. I love so, it. It's alien coffee. Yeah, it's Juan Valdez. He's hiked up into a secret cove. An undisclosed location from whence he picks the most robust beans. Um, so you are speaking of candidates. We we are we're just we are wall to wall candidates this morning here on yes. Saturday morning coffee. You also have suffered a momentary lapse of judgment. Placed I your have. I'm I'm joking of course. I know. Uh, placed your name on the ballot. What office are you running for? County council district eight eight. Yes, which is mostly Carolina Forest. Correct. What? Well, no, it's not. It's no longer Carolina Forest at all. Actually. Oh uh, really? It actually ends now at 501. It used to encompass part of Carolina Forest. Okay. But now 501 is sort of the boundary on one side, yeah. and the waterway is the boundary on the other, going down to 544. So. Excellent. Uh, yep. Yep. Um, and you have been involved in Republican politics politics mm-hmm. generally for many years because you and i've you, I've, you and i've yes. been working together on lots of projects over the years so what possessed shannon grady to run for office at this moment well as you said i've, I've been a member since i was in high school i was a member of tars teenage republicans and uh, of course once i married a military officer uh, some of my activities i wanted to do were a little bit limited because of his role and leadership but once he retired and we came here and i got back in active one of the things as a president of the Horry county republican women's club one of the things that we do is try to encourage ladies and gentlemen to actively um, run for office and make a difference so i was approached by several members and said hey you know you should run for this office or that office and uh, in every instance, it was just really not a good fit. I didn't feel like it was something God was leading me to do, uh, and partly because I don't want to go to Columbia right now because my son's a rising freshman. Uh, and I, you and I just discovered yesterday our kids are yeah. in the same school. Both Crazy. at Christian Academy. Yes. yes. So he's a rising freshman, and I yeah. want to be there for this this last four yeah. years, and it'll go quick. Oh, yeah. So that's when uh, the opportunity came up for county council when Mr. Johnny Vault decided to run for chair, opening his seat. And I felt like I had some expertise and experience in leadership as well as collaborative work to make a change for the better for our county. So that's why I threw my hat in the ring and said, okay, folks, I can't ask you to do something I'm not willing to do myself. Amen. Good for you. That's uh, a very good, uh, very good segue into uh, 
this question. Now, where did you grow up? Where are you from originally? I'm from South Carolina originally. I grew up in uh, Clover, South Carolina, York County. Okay. Went to Coastal Carolina, played yep. there for Jess Stanley. So alumni, uh, it's changed vastly since that. Oh, yeah. You know, I want to say a little over 30 years ago. So What, what an amazing uh, amount of ground Coastal Carolina has covered because I grew up in Conway. I mean, when, yes. I was, when I was a kid, it was just a, it was a few buildings out on 501. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it has just, whew. Grown well, immensely. Amazing I guess it was stuff. a year ago, a year ago, two years ago, we had our 30-year anniversary, so I'm, I'm giving away my age a little yeah. bit. But um, I went out to the facilities and looked at it, and I laughed because back when we were practicing, if you hit a ball over the fence, you had to go to the briar thicket <laughs> to track it down. <laughs> you had to go get it. Right, and we yeah. didn't have a whole lot of funding, if you will, at that yeah. time. So yeah. Coach Danley was like, go get that ball. Go get that so ball. So you had a mix between, I want to hit it out, but I don't want to have to go get it. Don't want to go get it. So um, <laughs> now it's beautiful it's immaculate it's amazing oh yeah I, i'm very proud to be a, a, a former chance so. it's it's very impressive to and you know we from time to time now we're getting national television exposure yes. from mm -hmm. coastal and you see national broadcasts originating in conway myrtle beach i know there's a discussion as to whether it's conway World or myrtle champion beach. baseball but yeah, i mean yeah. amazing yeah. stuff just amazing stuff so shannon what do you think are the most pressing issues facing ore county today well, um, let me jump back a minute, if you don't oh, yeah. mind. You yeah. talked earlier about the idea of citizen representation or citizen leadership. Yeah. Uh, and I, I fully embrace that attitude mm -hmm. because, you know, I taught AP government economics uh, in U.S. history. And so I have a pretty firm grasp of understanding of how representative government is supposed to work. And it's not supposed to be the only time you meet or hear from your candidate is when he or she is running for office. And then yeah. you don't hear from them again. It's crickets. So one of the things that I have heard a lot as I've knocked on doors talking with constituents, and we've now knocked on over 5,000 doors, so we have been very busy. Um, they repeatedly say, listen, I, if I want to come voice my issues or concerns, I'm limited on how many spaces are allowed to come speak during the public discussion portion, and then you're limited by time, two minutes. So one of the things I want to do is actually create what I've called a, a District 8 County Committee, where I get individuals across the District 8 area to join with me bi-monthly. We'll sit down, we'll brainstorm ideas and suggestions for how to fix some of the problems that we're facing. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to narrow that down to the top 10. Then I'm going to take those top 10 ideas back to county council, present that to them for possible votes for resolutions and solutions to some of our issues. That's true representation rather than me going in and saying, well, let me think what the people might want. Why don't I just take exactly what they want? Yeah. So that's that's one of the things I want to do. That's a great idea. Great idea. Thank so you. Give you a little buzz for that. Thank so you. what um, uh, got a couple of questions I wanted to follow up with. Uh, can you stick around sure. during a break? We'll Absolutely. come back. Folks, we're talking to Shannon Grady, who is a candidate for Ori County Council in the upcoming June 14 Republican primary. Stick with us. We'll be right back with more of Miss Grady and more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Take me back like a dark haired girl in a Cadillac. Local news and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Ramblers in the wilderness can't follow me. Get a little restless from the sun. Back. 
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, 8.50 on your Saturday morning. It's been a pleasure to be with you this morning. Had a lot of guests this morning. We're still joined here in the studio by Shannon Grady. Going to be chatting with her just a couple more minutes. Want to give a shout out to John Markley. John was the individual first answering the question correctly. He recognized the 1824 election was decided by the House of Representatives because there was no majority in the Electoral College. So, John, you won yourself... A bag of One Nation coffee and also a Saturday morning coffee coffee mug. I'm pretty sure we still got a few of those at the office. So if you'll drop by the offices of Davis and Boyd, John, we'll have uh, have all that uh, all those goodies waiting for you. So congratulations. And, and thanks for playing, John. Yeah. I, John also chimed in on the PCRscomputers.com text line saying, thank you, love 94.5, and that his, grand, uh, his kids graduated from the Christian Academy as well. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I just, I just saw that. Very yeah. good. So, John, yeah, thanks for playing, and thanks for the kind words, and thanks for listening to uh, Saturday Morning Coffee, and we hope you enjoy the uh, One Nation Coffee. I mean, looking forward to getting those guys on the show. So, Shannon, just before the just before the break, we were talking about uh, uh, your view of government and representative government. I think that's a great idea, getting a body to to get input from your constituents. Um, what do you think the what are they going to be bringing to you? What do you think are the biggest issues affecting O'Ree County? What are the most important things that are, that county council is going to be dealing with? Well, again, this just comes straight from the, the mouths of the constituents. Uh, everyone has said, you know, the word infrastructure is the first thing that comes out. And when we say infrastructure, we're not just talking about roads, but obviously roads are paramount in that. Um, a lot of folks are concerned about the, the pace of development. Mm-hmm. And what I've uh, taken to saying is that infrastructure seems to be at a snail's pace in terms of repairing that and putting in place what we need, uh, schools, police, fire, you know, roads. Meanwhile, development is at a breakneck pace. So I really think we've got to figure out a way to stabilize that, to bring up infrastructure, speed that up and slow down development. Uh, I've had lots of people say, hey, can we just, you know, have a moratorium or maybe build a wall and say no more vacancies? Um, that's not a Republican value. We we do believe in small government, and so I don't think overregulation is the answer. And I'm not yeah. going to say, you know, hey, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm glad you got this land, Reese, but you can't build can't on do it. Anything you can't do it. anything with it. That's yeah. that's not a Republican approach. So, what well, we do believe in walls. Hey, well, yeah, we do we are, in the right locations. Absolutely, absolutely. So that that's really the biggest issue that has been presented to me. I mean, I've had folks tell me, you know, we've got two police officers, for example, in all of Carolina Forest. That's a problem. We're 36 officers short. We're 91 bus drivers short. Some Mm, concerns about kids even not having seats on the bus. So a lot of things that we need to to deal with, not the least of which our population is expected to double in 10 years or less. So we're at over 300,000 now. So you're looking at 600,000 people. And if we don't get infrastructure under control now, it's already already difficult can you imagine what it would be if we have twice the population oh, we, we are already behind the curve correct right? so we're going to have to figure out constructive ways and it's like you said you can't tell people that they can't do anything with their land that's right. that's not a conservative value correct um but by the same token we had mark lazarus on the show earlier and he said you know we need smart growth and yes. i think the, the, mil- the million dollar question is how do you define smart you know it's because what's smart for some people may not be smart for other people so we're gonna have to that's a discussion that's got to take place and we're gonna right. need we're gonna need smart good leaders to do that so I agree and that thing is where my idea about talking to people across the district really plays a, a big part because it gives them an opportunity to have a voice because right yeah. now you're limited to two minutes if you get to speak at the public session of uh, our meetings and of course you have to book that in advance and so that doesn't give you a lot of opportunity to really share your thoughts or concerns so I want to have those town hall type meetings so that the people in my district have opportunities to share their real issues.
Amen. Good stuff. Well, Shannon, thanks for offering yourself up for service. Good luck. Encourage you guys to get out and vote on June 14. You got any events coming up? I do. Next Saturday, June the 11th, from 6 p.m. until 8 p.m., myself, uh, Shannon Grady, and John Cassidy, who's running for the House seat, South Carolina seat 61, the new seat. Yep. We will be hosting a handshake, hamburgers and hot dogs and handshakes. If you want to come out, it's at the Forestbrook Estates, uh, right there off of Forestbrook Road, the new Lennar Developments. Not, not really new, but they're still building homes there. So come on by, get a free burger, a hot dog, uh, something to drink, and uh, ask us the questions that you want. You're doing answered. it at the pool? Yes, sir. Right the parking lot where they have correct. the food trucks and that stuff. That is absolutely correct. Yeah, we're going to have, a, yeah. we're gonna have a, a smoothie truck out there, too. We'll uh, have some free smoothies for folks as well. All right. Awesome. Very good, folks. Uh, Shannon Grady, if Shannon, if folks want to get in touch with your campaign, how can they do that? Well, they can call me directly, honestly. I've got a cell number, 803-627-2393. I'm not afraid to answer the phone and talk to you. You can text me. Um, I'll reply. I want to be a representative of the people so that you can reach out to me at any time with any concern. Yeah. Well, folks, it is uh, Shannon Grady. Shannon, thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for offering yourself up for service. And uh, always great to have you on the show. Thank you, sir. Come back anytime. Folks, it's uh, been an interesting show. Glenn, we've gotten to absolutely nothing in the stack that I wanted to get to uh, today. We actually talked about a couple of things, but it's been important to have these folks on the show. Uh, But I wanted to mention a couple of things. You know, one of the things that we do here at the end of the show is a a parting wisdom segment. Somebody sent me an an interesting piece was uh, talking about Rich Strike. We've not had a chance to talk about Rich Strike. Rich Strike won the Kentucky Derby a couple, uh, a couple of uh, a few weeks ago. It's been in my stack for the parting wisdom segment. Talked about what a long shot Rich Strike was, basically an unknown. Mm-hmm. The the trainer, the jockey, none of these folks had ever been associated with the Kentucky Derby. He slipped in at the last minute. It was a pure mm-hmm. fluke that he even was in the race, and mm-hmm. he was booked at an eighty to one odds. And the guy, they, nobody even mentioned him as he as he came out under the, under the track. Said halfway around the track, the colt is sixteen horses back from the lead. Can't even be seen in the field. He's a nobody, a throwaway, an inconsequential participant. But then he makes his move, begins working his way through the crowded pack, finding a narrow, fleeting opportunity to improve his position. As they head toward the finish line, he's moved to fifth, then fourth. Still, nobody has noticed him. No one mentions him. Everyone's attention is still. Focus between the two famous front runners. Seconds before the finish, Rich Strike suddenly, magically passes the two front runners. The announcers struggle to identify <laughs> who the horse is. Yeah. They not even know who he is. He says almost in a single breath, Rich Strike coming from the inside. Oh my goodness, the long shot has won the Kentucky Derby. The moral of that story, Glenn, where there is life, there is hope. Anything is possible, y'all. Believe in yourself. Don't let anybody ever count you out. Persistence and determination will beat the odds, even the longest odds. I'm reminded. Amen. I'm reminded of the uh, the motto of our state: "Dumb Spiro Sparrow." While I breathe, I hope. hope. So never lose hope, folks. And speaking of never losing hope, let me give you this bit of uh, parting wisdom from the Proverbs. That's a great motto, by the it way. It is. While Absolutely. I breathe, I hope. I hope. So whatever your circumstances, folks, uh, never leave hope. There's always hope for you, and, uh, and I hope you will not lose sight of that. Let me leave you with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs, the best, uh, only true wisdom that there is out there uh, in the Holy Word. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will 
direct your paths. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed and join us next week for more Saturday morning coffee. Thanks to Shannon Grady and all my all my guests. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you next Saturday. Liz Calloway here for Conway Ford, your hometown dealership and winner of the 2021 Ford President's Award. To earn the President's Award, dealerships must exceed customer expectations in every department. And that's exactly what we do at Conway Ford. Whether you're buying a vehicle, getting one serviced, or just doing some window shopping, we want your experience to be a memorable one. Our buying experience is better than our competitors. We guarantee it. For the best buying experience, take the short drive to Conway Ford and let us exceed your expectations. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.